Welcome to another podcast from Faith Baptist Church of Gulfport, Mississippi. Recorded Sunday morning, July 30th, 2023. Song specials for this morning's service include FBC Choir singing Just One More Soul, followed by FBC Choir with We Preach Christ, and finally Mickey Carr with Love Crucified A Rose. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Dan Carr Sr. and is titled The Rose of Sharon. He's preaching it out of the text of Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 1. We hope that today's message brings you closer to the will of God. Thank you for listening, and God bless.
the earth for more than 30 years. And in the stall across he saw to the first of many tears. A life with cruelest wandering cast out in sorrow's way. The shepherd seeking for the lost his life the price he paid. Love crucified arose. The risen one in splendor. Jehovah's soul defender has won the victory. Love crucified arose. And the grave became a place of hope for the heart that sin and sorrow broke is beating once again throughout your life you felt a weight of what he came to get to drink for us that crimson cup so we might really live at last the time to love and die the dark appointed day the one forsaken moment when his father turned his face away love crucified arose the risen one is Love crucified arose, the grave became a place of hope, the heart to sin and sorrow broke, is beating once again. Love crucified arose, the risen one is splendor, Jehovah's soul defender won the victory love crucified arose the grave became a place of hope for the heart to sin and sorrow broke is beating once again the heart that sin and sorrow broke is beating once again. All right, if you have your Bibles, Song of Solomon, it's good to have my cousin back with us uh, today. Brother Nelson, why don't you stand? He's running for a public service commissioner. Would you stand and welcome him back with us today? Election is around the corner, and I, I have to vote for him. He's my cousin, okay? You, you don't have to, but we would appreciate it if you do that. And uh, he is a Christian. He really does love the Lord and his wife, and so we're glad they could be back with us today. Song of Solomon, if you have your Bible, Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Brother Benny had the procedure done uh, Friday, 
seems that things has went well. Continue to pray for Brother Benny and Miss Gail both. Uh, both uh, she's probably going to be facing surgery on her foot. She's having the heart conditions because of the chemo. So there's a lot going there uh, in her health, and then Brother Benny as well. Uh, we just got a lot of sickness in our church. Brother Benny's been leading our singing for uh, nearly 38 years. Okay. Appreciate Jonathan filling in, doing a great job, and uh, but we do miss Brother Benny and Miss Gail. Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon, chapter number two. Song of Solomon, chapter two. If you're able, why don't we stand this morning? And uh, I had a sermon years ago. I preached about. The, the, the thorns of Jesus. And it was really difficult for me to preach. Though I, I love the message. And this message here is very similar to, uh, to that message. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go. I, I don't know what exactly you're going to hear. But it's probably, it may be my favorite thought of a message in my 40 years of preaching. And I, I just, I just know that I'm not going to do it justice. And I hate that. But it's, it's just such a sweet, such a sweet thought. Look at the Song of Solomon. And I apologize, I just can't help it. Look at chapter 2 and look at verse 1. I've, I've, I've heard other preachers touch on this. and I've kind of always wanted to preach on it. I never have till now. It says, I am the rose of Sharon. And the lily of the valleys... Many of you that understand your Bible, the Bible likens Jesus to many different things. In John chapter 10 and verse 9, the Bible says, Jesus said, I am the door. That doesn't mean that Jesus is a door with a door knob with hinges. It means that, that a door is likened unto Jesus, that a door illustrates Jesus. And what does that mean? Well, if you're going to go into heaven, you've got to go through the door, and that is Jesus. Jesus said in John 6 and verse 48, He said, I'm the bread of life. It doesn't mean that He's a loaf of bread. You and I, it just means He's, he's the giver of life. I am the bread of life. You're going to, if you're going to live forever, you've got to have me. Jesus said in John 8 and verse 12, He said, I am the light of the world. It doesn't mean He's a light bulb. It just means when he saves us, he brings us out of darkness into light. And there's many such illustrations throughout your Bible that, that illustrates who he is. But one of the sweetest that I've ever seen when he says, I am the rose of Sharon. 
The Bible likens Jesus to a rose. Our Father, we love you. And Lord, I uh, already know where I'm going with the sermon. I know my points. And I just know I know there's no way to do it, to do it justice. Father, if you would just give us a little glimpse, just a little glimpse of who you are and how much you love us. I just don't know how anybody could walk away from you and not want to love you back and serve you with all their heart. Father, I pray this morning you to help us. Lord, we're not here to impress. But Lord, as the Greek said, and there in, Lord, sir, we would see Jesus. Father, we would see your son this morning. Lord, it's the rose of Sharon. Pray you to help us. Pray you'd meet with us. And Father, we'll thank you for it. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, we do pray and ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. I, uh, when I began to study the, the rose, I just began to find a lot of very interesting facts, and I not share all of them with you. For instance, did you know that George Washington was the, the first to uh, really grow the, uh, uh, to uh, reproduce the, the, the rose bush in America, our first president, George Washington. Did you realize that there is a rose that is in Germany that is a thousand years old? The average rose plant lives around 35 years. Somewhere around that age, Jesus was 33 when they crucified him. As far as the age, Jesus is the called the Ancient of Days. There's just a lot of things that are very interesting when you begin to study the rose. There's over 150 different species of the rose. And the rose of Sharon, Sharon was just a small city that was in the east of Jordan in Gad in Israel. And it was known for its soil, for being very fertile, that would produce uh, great vegetation, and of course, beautiful roses. And so, here in our text this morning, the Bible likens Jesus, and he calls himself the Rose of Sharon. And so, when you think about when you think about the rose, and we have different colors, and I'll explain the colors and what they stand for. But, but for me, when I, when I think about a, a rose, and I know everybody doesn't feel the same maybe about, about a rose, but when, when I see a rose, I just think they're beautiful. 
I think a rose is, is, is beautiful. And I want you to go to the book of Isaiah chapter 53. And I want to talk about just very quickly about the beauty of a rose. My wife, she's a lover of roses. Her grandmother had probably, people would drive to her grandmother's house just to see her roses. They really would. They go out of their way. And uh, when my wife and I, before we were married and we're dating and I'd go up there, she had unbelievable in her yard about every kind of color of a rose that you could, could imagine. And she just, she, her grandmother loved them. My wife has a lot of roses that are planted around our home in the front and in, in the side. And, and I think they're beautiful. In the book of Isaiah, chapter number 53, the Bible says in verse 2, notice the, uh, the wording, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and a root out of a dry ground. That speaks of his virgin birth. He hath no form nor comeless. And we shall see him. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. You, you would say, preacher, isn't that a little contradictory there that, that you would say that your first point would be about the beauty of the rose. But the Bible says that he wasn't a beautiful person. Because the Bible is talking about his physical features. But on the inside, nobody was more beautiful than Jesus. Hollywood can never rightly articulate and make a movie that will ever do justice to who Jesus was. Hollywood doesn't have enough money. And I know some of you say, Preacher, I saw this and I saw that. I, I, I'm just telling you, Hollywood did a, a good job with the passion of Christ. Hollywood can never articulate in a movie of who Christ was and is. When I think about the beauty of Christ, when I look at the rose, I, I see the beauty of God's love. When I look at the rose, I see the beauty of God's grace. When I look at the rose, I see the beauty of God's redemption plan to redeem us. When I look at the rose, I see the beauty of God's plan of salvation. When I look at the rose, no, there's no beauty about him as far as outwardly, but, but, but his, his attraction is inwardly. And can I confess to you this morning, can I admit to you publicly this morning, there is something about the beauty of Jesus that draws me to Him. Can I ask you a question? How do you see Jesus? What is, when you behold the Lord Jesus Christ, how, how do you see Him? I see Christ as one who is very beautiful. I see one who is very beautiful. So, First of all, we see, the, we see the beauty of the rose. And then secondly, we see the cost of the rose. 
You say, uh, uh, preacher, uh, roses are, are, are pretty expensive, way more expensive than you realize, some of them. How many of you men ever bought your wife a rose? Don't raise your hand. No, don't do that, okay. But many of us men for anniversary, as far as I know since I was a teenager till now, I don't think I've ever missed buying my mother a rose for, for Valentine's. As far as I know, I've never missed that. As far as I know of my wife and my daughters, as far as I know, I've never, I don't think I've missed getting them uh, a rose for, for Valentine's. I understand what roses can cost. Go to, go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and, and look at verse 20. The Bible says, For you are bought with a price, and therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are, are, are Christ, or which are God's. I, I think about the, the, the price uh, of a rose, the cost that, that God was willing to pay, the, that he would be willing to give his rose. He would be willing to give his rose. The cost of a rose. I want to show you the most expensive rose up to this date. There's one that's kind of more expensive, but it only lasts for so many hours. But as far as uh, I'm trying to look uh, of uh, developing a rose, it took 15 years to develop this rose. If y'all would put it up there, I would like for you, don't give me a number, I would like for you to guess what that rose cost. That rose, that is called the Juliet Rose. That rose right there, to produce that rose, cost Four point nearly five million dollars. It took fifteen years to develop that rose. A man began to uh, come up with that particular rose, and uh, you can buy them. You can buy one of those. You can buy twenty five for four hundred. I think it's three hundred seventy five dollars. But that, I think it, I think he did that. It was in two thousand and six. Cost him almost. It cost him almost five million dollars to come up with that rose. He sold that. He sold that patent uh, of that, that, that brand of rose. He sold it for $15 million. You just thought you knew the price of roses. That is the most expensive rose, second most expensive. The price that God was willing to pay. What did your salvation cost God? It cost Him the blood of His Son. May I ask the question, what are we willing to pay to follow Jesus Christ? The Bible says in Luke chapter 14, he says to count the cost. And so I think about the beauty of the rose. I, I think about the cost of the rose, that, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the cost that, that God was willing to pay so that you and I could become a child of God. It costs God. Number three, quickly, I think about... The fragrance of a rose. Now, I cannot smell it because I uh, got my nose all stopped up. But to get the, the fragrance uh, of the rose, the, the rose must be crushed. 
And so when I was studying this and uh, thinking about well, what they do, and I'll get to the purpose of the rose when I get to the end, but I was thinking about the fragrance of the rose, the fragrance that the, that the rose can, can put off. I, I was thinking about that. I want you to go to uh, the book of Leviticus quickly, chapter 1. Go to the book of Leviticus really fast. And a lot of times when people are reading and studying their Bible, they, uh, they kind of fall asleep in, in, when they come to the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus is one of the sweetest, precious books in all the Bible. Just a lot of people don't understand it. For instance, the first five chapters are the five different offerings. And those five offerings, I'll, I'll listen to you quickly. It's the burnt offering, the sin offering, the meat offering, the peace offering, and the trespass offering. And the book of Leviticus, those first five offerings are all a picture from different angles of Jesus Christ. And so I kind of, I knew this in my mind, so, I, so I, I went to the book of Leviticus and I just wanted to double check and, and sure enough, uh, it, it was there. Uh, look at Leviticus chapter 1 and, and these offerings that were made. Watch this. And Leviticus chapter 1, and look at verse 9. The Bible says, But his inwards and his legs uh, shall be washed in water. And the priest shall burn all on the altar uh, to be a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet Savior unto the Lord. That word means a sweet smell or odor or scent. That whenever these different offerings were made, uh, when they would burn these uh, sacrifices that they would make to God, uh, to God it was as a sweet odor, a sweet smell. Look at verse 13 of Leviticus chapter 1. The Bible says, But he shall wash the inwards and, and the legs with water, and the priest shall bring it all and, and burn it uh, upon the altar. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet Savior unto the Lord. Look at verse 17. And he shall cleave uh, it with the wings thereof, uh, but shall not divide it asunder. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar, upon the wood uh, that is upon the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice and an offering made by fire of a sweet Savior unto the Lord. Look at chapter 2 and look at verse 2. And he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests, and he shall take their, uh, out uh, his handful of the flour thereof and of the oil thereof with all the frankincense thereof. And the priest shall burn uh, the memorial of it upon the altar to be an offering made by fire of a sweet Savior unto the Lord. Look at verse 9. And the priest shall take from the meat offering a memorial thereof and shall burn it upon the altar. It is an offering made by fire of a sweet Savior unto the Lord. Look at chapter 3 and verse number 5. And Aaron's son shall burn it upon the altar, upon the burnt sacrifice, which is upon the wood that is on the fire. Uh, it, it, and on an offering made by fire of a sweet Savior unto the Lord. Are, are you getting the picture? I, I got a lot more. I could go on and on. And, and the Leviticus, that whenever they would make these offerings unto the Lord, that uh, to God, it was as a sweet Savior unto the Lord. 
And so as I was looking at this, my, my mind began to think, I wonder when Jesus uh, died on the cross and, and God gave us his rose. And as this rose uh, uh, was, was crushed and, and uh, uh, was it a sweet Savior uh, unto the Lord. And I thought, I wonder if that's, in, this is my mind while I'm studying. I, I should have known it, but I, I just, I didn't think of it. So I, I'm studying, I'm looking up words. Go to Ephesians chapter number five. Go to the book of Ephesians chapter number five. The book of Ephesians, look at chapter number five. And I want you to see verse two. And if this doesn't move your heart, you're dead. Ephesians 5, and look at verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. I knew it was the Leviticus. I, I knew that already. And I knew it was there, but I just kind of forgot. I knew the answer to my question, but when I just turned over there and I, and I read it, I thought, I, I knew it. That when Jesus died on the cross and He paid for the sin of man, the fragrance of the rose was a sweet smell to God. You say, why would that be? Because that's how much God loves you. Because His Son was willing to pay that price. Now God could have us back. And we could have sweet fellowship with God. I ask myself the question, are, am I a sweet savior to God? Is my life as a Christian, is it a, is it a sweet Smell sweet odor unto God. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. We talked about the beauty of the rose. We talked about the, the cost of the rose. Now we're talking about the fragrance of the rose. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and look at verse 15 quickly. For we are unto God a sweet Savior of Christ. Boy, that's what I want to be. How about you? I don't say this ugly, but I don't want to be a stinking Christian. I want to be a sweet-smelling Christian. Can I get some help there? I don't want to be a, a, a stinking, uh, odorous, uh, bad odor in God's nostrils. I, I, want to, I want my life, when God looks down, I want it to be a sweet savior unto God. You with me this morning? And so then I thought about the message of the rose. The message of the rose. And so, first of all, you have the purple. The purple rose represents royalty. In other words, the purple is for a king. In Revelation 19, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords. And then I thought about the pink rose. The pink, watch this. Elena, you're like this. I bet you didn't know this. The pink rose represents grace. Represents grace. 
God's grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. You're like this. The white rose represents purity. The Bible says Jesus knew no sin, but became sin for us. Boy, it just gets better. The yellow rose represents friendship. Jesus said, you are my friends. When we get saved, we're not, we're not just servants. He called us his friends. But you already know where I'm going. The red rose represents love. It represents love. And God gave his rose. Go to John chapter number one quickly, the gospel of John, the message of the rose. Jesus said, I'm the rose of Sharon. What does it say? Look at John chapter number one. John chapter number one. Look at verse number 11. The Bible says he came into his own. And what does it say? Brother Ben, why don't you come? Would you come? Brother Ben, why don't you come real quick? You're, you can move fast. You can move fast. So you just want some rain. You can move fast. God so loved the world that he gave. Going to offer me that rose. And the Bible says he came into his own. And his own received him not. Not only did you have people rejecting the rose, but they tucked the rose. They did to Jesus. He came into his own, in his own. Thank you, man. But look at verse 12. The Bible says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. I don't know about you, but I am glad I've received the rose. How could anybody reject God's rose? When God's given his son, it's saying, I love you. And then lastly, we have the purpose of a rose. Can I get ahead of myself and you not get mad? I got good news, ladies and gentlemen. The rose rose again. <laughs> I said the rose rose again. Oh, they thought they had him, but hey, after three days and three nights, he arose again. Arose again. What is the purpose of a rose? Roses has many different purposes. They often are given at anniversaries. They're often used for decorations and weddings and, and many things. They take roses and make perfume and they make special oil uh, from roses. Uh, roses can have a lot of different purposes. But what is the purpose of God's rose? What is the purpose of the rose of Sharon? Quickly, go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter number 3. 
the Gospel of John. Let me give them to you really fast. The purpose... Look in John chapter 3. We could quote it, but I want you to see it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The purpose of the road for God could give you and I everlasting life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter number 5, listen to this. In 1 John chapter 5, and listen to verse 11. 1 John chapter 5, it says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Eternal life is not in a religion. It is not in a denomination. Eternal life is in the rose of Sharon. God gave His Son so that you and I could have everlasting life. If you were to go buy everlasting life, if there was a pill that was for sale that would give you a eternal life that you would never die, you could not afford it. There would be only a select few that would could probably afford the pill that if they took, they would live forever. But this is free. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. May I say quickly, not only is the purpose of Christ uh, coming to this earth to give us eternal life, but in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, he that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sent it from the beginning. For this is the purpose of the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Not only did Jesus come that He might give us eternal life, He also came that He might destroy the works of the devil. It is the devil's works is trying to destroy our life and our families and our churches and our nation and everything. Jesus came not only to give us life, but He came to destroy the works of the devil. You still with me? And I'll close with this. Go to John chapter number 10. Talking about the purpose of Christ to give us eternal life, everlasting life, to destroy the works of the devil in our lives. But look in the gospel of John chapter number 10. In the gospel of John chapter 10. And look at verse number 10. Watch this. Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it what? Jesus did not just come to give you uh, uh, eternal life, but he came to give you abundant life. Abundant life is only found in the rose. It's only found in Jesus Christ. Jesus came to give us an abundance of joy. Look in John 15 and verse 11. Watch this now. These things I have spoken unto you that you might have, uh, that, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You know, most Christians today are running on empty. Most Christians today are, hey, Jesus said, I came to give you abundant life. That means plenty. That means overflowing. That means fully satisfied. And most Christians today in marriages and homes are miserable and we're running on empty. The rose of Sharon has come not just to give us eternal life that we can go to heaven. That's mostly what everybody, that's it. That's what they know about Jesus. But he came to give you abundant life. So that while you and I live on this planet, we can have joy and peace. Our lives don't have to be so miserable and so full of hate. I mean, we can have joy in this life. 
So many times we think, well, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven. Why don't we let a little bit of heaven come in us now? Most people are just so miserable. Everybody's got heartaches. Everybody's got problems. I'm not downplaying those for an ounce. But even in the midst of all of that, we can have joy and peace. Jesus said, I came not just to give you eternal life, not just to bring you to heaven, but I came that you might have abundant life. We're just so connected with stuff and things and, and all of that. Hey, satisfaction is only found in the rose. Oh, if I could hit the billion-dollar lottery, if I get a bigger house, if I could move to this state, if I could get that job, I'm simply saying satisfaction comes from Jesus Christ. It's not found in a religion. It's not found in a denomination. It's not found in a house or money or a car. It is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And most of us are just not in fellowship with God. I'm talking to the Christian now. Jesus, hey, if you're going to have peace and joy and contentment and love, you're going to have to be in fellowship with the Lord. And too many of God's people have bitterness and unforgiveness and hatred and jealousy and envy. We have all of these things in our life and we think we just need a raise. We need a bigger house. We need a, uh, more of this and we need more of that and then I would be happy. No, no, it's found in Jesus. It's found in Him. It's found in the Rose of Sharon. Can I ask you a question? If you're here today and you've never been saved, many times I've given my wife one rose that says, I love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only. He didn't have a bunch of roses. He just had one. He just had one. Creator God made us to walk with and to fellowship with. And our lives is about all this other stuff and God is just reaching out and saying, I love you. And we're just snatching it away. I picture a man coming home and worked all week and it's kind of dirty and nasty. And things are tight. I don't really have no money, but he stops he stops at the flower shop and he buys his wife a rose. And he comes home and he says, Baby, got something for you. It's your rose. I say, I love you. He's greasy and he's dirty. Took the last dime in his pocket to buy it. She turns his back. She turns her back and says, I don't want it. That's what we're doing to God. Every time you reject Jesus Christ, you're saying to God, I don't want your rose. I want him to know I want your rose. Not only do I want it, but I love your rose. And not only do I love it, but I appreciate your rose. And I am thankful for your rose. And I want to live my life to please you because of your rose. We just don't get it. God's rose. 
What are you doing with the rose? What are you doing with it? What is your relationship with it? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Thank you for listening to today's service. We hope you join us the next time. We hold services every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We also hold Sunday school at 9.45 a.m. May the peace of God be with you until next time. God bless. Amen and amen.